Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Too Late to Fly podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm Kevin. Together, we're going to dive into different topics around weight loss, body image, relationships with food, and how to overcome life's everyday struggles and challenges so we can all live our best lives possible. Remember, it's It's never never too late late to fly. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Before we get started, we'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening and all of your continued support. If you could also help us out by recommending our podcast to a friend or family member who might find value from our conversations, that would help us out tremendously. So without further ado, let's jump into episode 39, where we talk about setting boundaries, food relationship issues, weight loss, and eating disorder recovery. So I definitely think boundaries are super important, especially when it comes to changing the relationship we have with food, with our bodies, and especially for me or anyone else struggling with a disordered eating relationship with food, um, setting those boundaries is going to be so beneficial for moving forward on your journey, especially in recovery. And I shared a little bit, I think it was a few episodes ago about how I set some of those boundaries or began sending those boundaries with my family on my birthday and not wanting my birthday to be revolved around food. And I feel like that was kind of that first step for me in really letting my family in and sharing with them some of the things I'm struggling with and what support I need from them so I can continue moving forward on my journey. And I think that's a huge key right there that you just said. It's letting them know what you need from them so that you can continue your journey and what support they can provide you. Right. And I shared this and the amount of messages and questions and comments I got about setting boundaries in general was overwhelming seeing how many people were actually struggling with this same thing. And it made me feel myself not alone in this, but it also was something that I felt needed to be addressed and talked about because of the amount of questions and comments I was getting on this. And so before we really dive into like the whole boundary setting, I just want to start with, this is something I'm very new to. It is something that I'm working with my therapist a lot on And I'm a beginner at setting boundaries. This is not something I'm comfortable with. It is very hard for me. And all my life, I've been a people pleaser. I've always wanted to make others happy. The choices and the decisions I made were always based on how others might feel. And a lot of that added to the struggle with food and turning to food for that emotional support because I never let anyone in on how I was really feeling or what I was struggling with. And I was constantly just trying to please others or make other people happy. So in no way am I an expert in this. In no way am I trying to share this with you because I've overcome. But what I felt was so important is sharing with you the tips and some of the things I'm personally working on at the beginning stages of setting these boundaries So if you find yourself struggling or at the beginning, some of this might help you and we can kind of learn and grow together. Right. And I think too, just the conversations that we've had away from the podcast, that starting to to be open and kind of setting these boundaries and having these conversations, I think has helped you tremendously with your own relationship with food, as well as like kind of those relationships with those people around you who are kind of not standing in your way, but also like just around you and to be there to support you. Well, I found myself getting really frustrated at like some family or even Kevin sometimes when they say things that trigger me 
And it bothered me because I'm like, why are they saying this? But then I had to go deeper and say, they don't realize that their normal way of thinking about food or acting around food, how it's affecting me and triggering me because I've never spoken up and shared that. And I think that was one of those things where it's like, I kept being frustrated at the conversations around food, the mindset around food, some of the comments that were made around food. And it was triggering for me being someone who's trying to overcome and recover from an eating disorder and trying to channel not that frustration because people don't know, but really digging down deep and having to actually set those boundaries and tell people what's triggering for me and how they can help. Because if they don't know, they don't realize what they're doing. Well, exactly. I think there's things that I would say or do and not realize that it was triggering to you or bothering you or did it wasn't even an issue. Like, I don't even think of it as like, it's a second, like my second nature, but to you, it was really bothering you and kind of like setting you off kind of. And that's one of the things I'm learning is I'm hypersensitive at this stage of like the beginning stages of an eating disorder recovery where I'm not a crier. I'm not emotional, but the littlest things, because I'm so hyper aware of my thoughts, my feelings, my actions lately the littlest thing. And I find myself hysterically crying because I'm so hypersensitive to things. And I think that's where it was kind of like, because I'm going through all this and recovery and kind of relearning and letting go some of these thoughts about myself and my body and food, I need to be open and honest with the ones I love so they can support me because they only want the best for me. And me not sharing that is only hurting me and then making me frustrated at them and they don't know what they're doing. Right. And I think that's why we wanted to kind of sit down and have this conversation, especially surrounding this is because it's been so helpful to you to kind of get these things out in the open. I think both of us thought it would be beneficial to share with other people to help them maybe get things rolling in the right direction. Right. So to start, I'm going to share like these top four tips that I've kind of talked through with my therapist. Um, like I said, I'm still implementing them. I'm still learning. I'm still growing and I'm still really trying to figure out what my specific boundaries are. But I feel like these four tips are like the start of kind of acknowledging what those are or their start of this whole process of setting boundaries. So I want to kind of share this with you and it could be helpful to kind of maybe write these top four things down yourself and really sit down with yourself and figure out what specifically those boundaries are for you and what you specifically need. So I'll share a little bit of my examples and my experience with this. But these are like the four tips my therapist gave me. And then I sat down with this and was able to really go in deep for me personally. So I think it could be helpful as a good starting point for a lot of us. And the first one, number one, is to know your limits to really sit down and identify and figure out what those boundaries are that you need. What are some words, thoughts, phrases, things people do, say that kind of trigger you or create that reaction in you that makes you feel really bothered? I know there's certain phrases, words, terms around food for me that bother me, good, bad, you have good willpower, I wish I could be good like you, I'm being bad, all of those things for me are kind of where those triggers happen. So I had to sit down and really identify what those limits were for me and what kind of those triggers were. And then the second one, number two, is to be assertive and firm in my needs. 
this is something where it's if you set those boundaries, you have to be able to follow through. And if someone crosses those boundaries, you have to be able to stand up for yourself and your needs. And I think this one is the hardest one for me, because like I said, I'm a people pleaser. I don't like trouble. I don't like confrontations, conflicts, and I keep a lot in. So for me to even set those boundaries or say these words, these phrases, these actions affect me is hard. But then to actually stand up for yourself when someone does cross that line and be assertive and firm in that, I think is the biggest thing I'm struggling with. Right. And I think that's especially hard when that's your family, your close people you're close to and your loved ones, like and people you're around all the time. Like it's hard to say, okay, this thing that you've been doing for however long, like that's bothering me. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to come out and say that. And then it's hard to come out and say like that needs to stop. Right. And what I've talked to my therapist about is she said it doesn't have to be aggressive and it doesn't have to say you're wrong. You shouldn't be saying that and start attacking the other person, but pointing it out and helping to rephrase it or letting them know why that's triggering or harmful or not helpful to you at this stage of your life without making them feel like they're doing something bad or they're in the wrong. And an example is in the moment, if I'm choosing, I don't even know a good example with good or bad food, but let's just say I'm eating vegetables instead of French fries. Let's just use that as an example right now. Not one's better than the other, but just let's say I'm eating vegetables instead of French fries. And a family member says, wow, you're being so good by eating vegetables. I'm being naughty because I'm choosing to eat the French fries. I wish I could be better like you or have more willpower like you. And the way I would kind of rephrase it or put those boundaries in place is saying, no, choosing to have the vegetables doesn't make it a better choice or that I'm being good. It's just this is what I feel like eating in the moment. And this is what I'm going to choose to do. It's not that one's good or bad. Kind of putting like that, you're making a statement, you're making them hopefully think about their choices, their words, their phrasing. And it's in a way where it's not confrontational, but it's just sharing a different opinion or sharing a different way to rephrase it because tomorrow you could want to choose the French fries. So it's not putting that good or bad on food and it's not kind of attacking them, calling them out for what they're doing is bad. No, I and I, I think too, like it's, I think that's the hard part, like you said, is bringing that awareness without coming off as aggressive or demeaning or just it's being able to put a positive spin on it without them feeling negatively too. Right. Because if you think about it for so long, we've had these conversations, this phrasing, these words, these interactions as a family of how we talk to each other, how we speak to each other. And especially me being someone who doesn't have those boundaries or never stood up for, you know, this is hard or triggering or harmful when you say this, it's going to be an adjustment period for everyone. So as I learn, I'm trying to teach my family as well, where words like good and bad food, you're being good, I'm being bad. I'm so happy to see you eating that bad food or different things like that, that have happened for years and years and years. It's me learning how it's triggering, teaching them why it's triggering, and as a family, kind of rephrasing how we talk and look and view food together so I can continue 
on this path of recovery. And I think there's a key point right there. And you said that it's, it's talking about those things with the other people who, again, either aren't struggling with an eating disorder or don't know that they're struggling with an eating disorder, whatever the case may be, that their thoughts, feelings, behaviors are bothering you and bringing just the awareness to that, that what they're doing, they don't realize is affecting other people. Exactly. And that's why it's a whole learning process for everyone. And coming at it away, we're saying, instead of saying good or bad, maybe we can try saying, this is just a different choice than you're making. Or today, I'm just eating vegetables, period, and leaving it at that, and not having conversations revolve around what I'm choosing to eat or what I'm not choosing to eat, and if it's good or bad. Well, I think that's the thing. Like Ultimately, what you choose to do doesn't really affect them. So for them to be making a comment about it is kind of moot point at that point. Like you're going to eat what you're going to eat or you're not going to eat what you're not going to eat. So mm-hmm. why have this conversation at all? Exactly. Kind of thing. So then the third kind of tip is to practice. Practice, practice, practice. It's going to become easier, I'm told, because again, I'm at the beginning, I'm at the starting line. But the more you do it, it is going to become easier. And it's something that it's just going to take time to figure out what works, what boundaries I need, how to talk to people about it, changing the narrative, and talking to your loved ones about what you're struggling with is going to become easier the more you're doing it. Or the more you teach them and tell them, the more they're going to be more aware of their thoughts and what they say when you're around. And I've already noticed this a little bit where... I'm seeing that those conversations, especially around food, changing slightly with my family. Like we had a meal the other day together and some of the narratives around food I felt was just a little bit different and in a good way. And it made me feel proud of myself because that was me actually kind of letting them know what I was struggling with and what I needed. And that first step for all of us to kind of I think that's a key right there is like you said, it's you being vulnerable, putting yourself out there and saying, this is what I need from you. And those people who love and care about you, taking that to heart and making some necessarily not easy things that they're just used to talking about and thinking about it themselves and changing how they're responding or talking, especially in front of you and around you. Right. And letting them know by practicing saying, I struggle when you say this, maybe we can say it like this instead. Or maybe when I'm choosing to eat or what I don't eat, we just don't have a conversation or you bring up I should or shouldn't be eating anything. Little things like that, the more you practice and say it, it's going to help everyone. Like everyone's going to be more on the same page and it's going to be easier for everyone. Because especially if you haven't, setting boundaries is going to be a very different thing for everyone involved. And so the more we just keep practicing it, helping them to rephrase things or why it's triggering is going to help tremendously. And I've definitely started to see those changes kind of happen slowly, but... Well, I think that's the thing. You're moving in the right direction and there's progress being made and that's all you can really ask for no matter what part of your journey it's on. And then for number four, it is knowing when to ignore someone and when to walk away. And I think this is one of the most important ones and one that I'm really working on too, is not letting the comments of others change your mind or persuade you into thinking you should be doing something else. And before I get more into like this boundary setting and to give an example, 
I think regardless, we all just need to be very aware of making comments and having opinions and statements and telling people what they should or should not eat, regardless, like period, like making comments about what people are eating can be harmful and hurtful and shaming of someone no matter what, whether they're struggling with their weight and eating disorder, body image issues, underweight, overweight, no matter what, making comments about food and asking someone, do you really want to eat this? Should you eat this? Maybe you should eat this instead can be very hurtful and very damaging, period. So I think we really need to be aware of that whole well, I just thing think in that, general. That's the big thing right there you just said is it's, whether it's about food or not, just your comments can affect other people and you don't know where that person's coming from, where they've been, where they're going. And just be aware that what you're saying and doing, no matter what that is in life, can affect other people. Exactly. So in terms of an example of setting boundaries and knowing when to kind of ignore or walk away or staying true to yourself, if I'm choosing to eat a cheeseburger and someone makes a comment of, aren't you trying to lose weight? Should you really be eating that? You should probably not be eating that. The boundary I'm setting is I'm not letting people determine what I'm eating or not eating or what's good or bad. That's already been established part of myself, my own self boundaries. And not giving in to then that thought of, you're right, I really shouldn't be eating this. And then put it away and eat something else instead. The other example would be is if you're eating vegetables instead of a piece of cake. I don't know, it's a bad example, but just as an example. And someone says, come on, you can have a slice of cake, just have a bite. It won't hurt you, it won't kill you, just have a bite. And kind of pressuring you to do something you don't want to do. That's another one where we have to stay firm to our boundaries and put those things in place and saying, I'm choosing to do what's best for me. I would appreciate it if you would stop telling me to eat that cake because I don't want to. And being firm with that and not then giving in to eat the bite of cake or then not choosing to put the cheeseburger down because then you think it's bad because they told you you shouldn't do it. And I think immediately following that is it's so much easier to say and think that than it is to do that in the moment. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, I think, again, being aware is super key to having that success and being at the forefront of knowing, okay, this comment was made and I'm going to still continue to eat that cheeseburger or I'm not going to continue to eat that cake or have a bite of cake. That's so much easier is said than done. And this kind of, I, I get, I was in a very different space when I'm sharing this, but I guess one of the examples I will share that actually happened to me is we were on vacation We were out to dinner and the waiter brought over, it was like this big piece of chocolate cake. And he said, it's the best thing you'll ever eat. You have to take a bite. And so my mom, dad, my sister, Kevin, we're all eating it. And he goes to tell me, well, aren't you going to take a bite? And I was, again, at a very different place, but I said, no, I'm not having any. And he really kept pressuring me and saying, just have one bite. And he got super offended about it. He was really getting offended. And I was like, no. And he's like, just take a bite of the cake. And I said, I'm not going to. And he was really adamant, like he getting angry, like take a bite of the cake. And I think not meaning to and putting those boundaries in place, but it got more of like that stubbornness in me more so than boundaries. And I was like, no, I put the fork down, crossed my arms and stared at him. I was like, I'm not doing it. Looking back, the reasons I didn't eat the cake were not the best, but then also proud of myself that I stood firm to what I wanted 
And we're kind of setting those boundaries without even realizing it because I was staying true to what I wanted to do in the moment and not letting others persuade me and being disrespectful to me to make me change my mind as to what I wanted to do. So I think it's very hard, especially when it's feeling like you're doing something bad if you're eating something and someone's shaming you for eating it or not eating something and someone trying to guilt you into doing it. But I think that's why it's so important to be able to know your boundaries and to respect yourself enough because this is an act of self-care and shows you value yourself and what you mean you actually, and what you say you actually mean. No, and I think too, the other part with that is it depends on where you are within recovery and boundary setting and just your whole relationship with food as to how you respond in those situations. Mm -hmm. And I think just being aware is a huge step forward, being aware of how these moments, how these conversations, how when people say these things make you feel is a huge step forward, whether you're able to actually do it or not, or ignore it and stay true to yourself or not. Being aware and starting these conversations is a huge step forward. Absolutely. It's, it's much easier to be aware and to, to not necessarily carry out what you're thinking, but you're aware and you're at least knowing, okay, these are the things that I could be thinking, could be doing, should be doing, whatever Maybe the thoughts may be. Maybe next time I can try this. Maybe next time I should say this. But you're aware of that right. in those situations rather than just living in the situation and not really ever knowing or caring that there's a different thought or feeling that could be going on. Right. And I think that brings me to the next set is really about once you have these boundaries in place, really, really like setting them and actually making them like a concrete thing. I think it's four again, but it's actually taking what we just said and kind of implementing it. And the first one is set boundaries, exactly figuring out what you want and what you need from other people. That's the very first thing. Number two is how that makes you feel. What will you tolerate? What will you let go? And what do you really need to stay firm to and stay strong to? I cannot tolerate anything less than this. Because when you say, do I hear this? It really triggers me and goes to a negative space. So these are my limits. This is There's no crossing these boundaries. The third one is, and it kind of brings what Kevin was saying about the more you do it, being aware and mindful And it's paying attention to how people react when you put these boundaries in place. Are they respectful? Are they mocking you? Are they abusing those boundaries? Are they actually trying to help you with your recovery or with these boundaries that you're putting in place? Because a lot of times the people who are going to be mad at the boundaries are the people who benefit from not having boundaries. And I think that's the biggest thing I had to keep reminding myself is people are going to get mad when you stand up for yourself or when you set those boundaries because they were benefiting from you not doing that for so long. And I think, too, when it comes to food, and I've experienced this personally, when people may have an eating disorder or disordered relationship with food or aren't really aware at a point of recovery, when they eat something, quote unquote, bad, they want someone to do it with them. And so if you're kind of pulling away and not doing that, they're going to be angry or more resentful or more emotional to those boundaries because they want someone to quote unquote cheat with. They want someone to eat with. They don't want to eat this food alone. They want to partner in crime so they don't feel as guilty. And that's, I think, when it is hard 
No, absolutely. That makes it harder to to set those boundaries and follow through with them yourself. I think the hard part is when that's someone who you love and care about and it's harder to kind of distance yourself or take a step back away from that person because of what they mean to you as as a person. But again, at that point, you have to weigh, do I value this person and their relationship or do I value recovery? And that's a tough spot to be in. And what I've kind of done is meal times or food time, really trying to do that by myself because that's at the point of recovery I'm at and not trying to eat around other people, not because I'm ashamed, embarrassed, but because with my recovery and how other people might be with their own relationship with food, it's very triggering for me. And I'm not at a place where I feel strong enough to be able to kind of ignore and just do my own thing necessarily. So for these past like few months, really, I've really just been eating alone with with Kevin, but alone and really tuning into how I feel when I'm eating, my own emotions, thoughts, relationships with food, and actually identifying my triggers of what I need and what I want. And it's not avoiding other people by not eating with them, but it's really taking that first step of recovery and saying, I need to focus on me and my relationship with food and what boundaries I need. So then I can really share that with other people. So I can have a positive eating relationship with others without feeling so triggered. That's exactly it. I think right now you don't know necessarily your own thoughts and feelings surrounding food. And by doing that alone, you can really get in tune with how eating certain things or not eating certain things or all of that how those things make you feel. And when you're doing that around other people, their influence on you is is more than what mm-hmm. you kind of know with yourself. And it's it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, and it's hard. Right. And I feel like when I'm struggling with like that good and bad of food, and I'm eating with someone who's constantly saying this is good or bad, it's making me very angry. And it was causing me to like lash out and at that person, at myself, and just put me in a very angry state. And I feel like by taking this time to really focus on me and identifying my triggers and the way I talk with food, relationship to food, I can better form the phrasing or the wording or the help that I need from others without lashing out and getting upset. Right. I think that's the big key, big, big, big key right there is it's it's getting in tune with yourself so that you know how you would react and respond to different situations. Mm-hmm. And so for the fourth one, it's remember people who truly care about you and love you do not intentionally want to cause you pain or struggle or to hurt you. I think there's a key right there, and that's intentionally because they might be saying or doing something and not realizing it. And if you're not bringing it to their attention, they're not going to realize that it's bothering you. And for the most part, those people who truly love and care about us don't know that they're doing it. Like Kevin said, they're not doing it on purpose. And that's why for me, I had to take a step back and not have meals with others so I could educate myself and learn and talk to my therapist and figure out what I need so then I can help educate them on what's going on and what I fully need so that they can actually support me. And I think boundaries will take time. It will take time and adjustment for everyone, not just yourself, but with everyone you are putting those boundaries on. But then you can start doing it together and it will become easier. Like I said, the more you practice, the more you keep doing it, the more you're truly aware of what you need and then being able to vocalize that to other people. 
And if they don't and they aren't respectful of you and don't kind of value you and what you're saying in these boundaries, reminding yourself that you are not responsible for their happiness, their actions, their thoughts, and kind of maybe removing yourself from that relationship until you really can get in a stronger place with yourself. Because if those people aren't willing to support you or respect you for what you need in terms of your own recovery and life and a relationship that you're trying to have with yourself, the constant battle of always trying to fight with that person is going to be extremely difficult. I think it's just going to be physically, emotionally draining. Right. And so that's why it's kind of figuring out, okay, maybe mealtimes aren't with this person. Maybe mealtimes are by myself. Maybe I have to, whatever it may be, thinking about that for yourself. No, absolutely. I think like you said, you set yourself up for success and put yourself in situations where, in this case, food's not going to be part of the equation. Right. So to kind of end, I wanted to share kind of the healthy boundaries that I'm working on and that I'm setting. And I know we talked about it a little bit throughout with food, but I think this is kind of an eye opener for me and it can kind of help in the food issues and that whole thing, but also just in life and helping me with setting boundaries so I can be the best me possible. And it's being able to say no without guilt without feeling guilty, without an explanation, just being able to say no, asking for what I want and I need, taking care of myself and doing what's best for me, being able to say yes because I want to and not because I feel obligated to, making choices according to what's best for me, and I don't need permission from others to make what the choices that are best for me. I need to feel safe so I can express my needs to others. I'm not responsible for others' choices and actions. I am responsible for my own happiness, not the happiness of others. I need to keep being true to me. I don't have to explain myself to others or justify why I'm doing what I'm doing. And people do not always have to agree with me, but they have to be respectful. And I think all of these things relate to food, relate to the issues I'm having with my relationship with food, with my eating disorder, with myself, but with life in general, because it's just not about food. It's about being able to love, respect, and take care of myself so I can be the best me possible. And setting these healthy boundaries are kind of that step that's a little bit bigger than just food. So we can continue on in life, our journey whatever we're going through so we can be the best us possible. So I just wanted to kind of share some of the things I journal, some of the things I write about, some of the things I'm working on. So maybe some of those tips or things can help you kind of be aware or bring to light some of the things you may be working on or want to start implementing. Right. And I think that's a a perfect thing, like you said right there, is that these things all, this episode specifically was more about the relationship with food. But how these boundaries can go as a a stepping point to living your best life. Right. Because it started off as me being a people pleaser because I didn't want confrontation. I didn't want people to be angry at me. I didn't want, I wanted everyone to like me. And that ended up adding to me only turning to food at a very young age and starting that snowball effect of having food be the center of 
my universe because I didn't have love, respect, boundaries, or care for myself from a very young age. So it kind of snowballs and all goes together with letting it go and moving forward. No, absolutely. I think it's a huge piece of that puzzle of life. <laughs> exactly. Of it's, it's a whole bunch of pieces that fit together all crazily that, that bring you to who you are. And Right. And the more we can love and respect ourselves, put those boundaries in place, it helps with food, but it also is bigger and helps us actually in life to handle anything life throws at us. Exactly. So with that, I think we'd like to wrap this episode up by again, thanking each and every one of you who takes the time to listen to our episodes. Um, again, if you could also help us out by recommending us to a friend or a family member who might find value in our episodes or our conversations, that would be greatly appreciated. If you could also take the time to rate, review, and subscribe, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, that would help us out. And one last thing, remember, it's, it's never, never too late, late to fly. fly.